This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to BXB Bronx Baseball, Episode 5. Pinch hitting for Sweeney Murdy, who is on the COVID IL. We've got none other than Chris McMonicle. It is C-Mac and K-Mac for the first time on the pod. Our yes, second sir. guest, C-Mac, how's it going, bro? Welcome in. Good. Good, Keith. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. First off the bench, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm when, looking forward uh, to it. When Sweeney said he was under the weather, yeah, I started putting a list together, and you were the first name. Obviously, you're a WFAN guy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're a Yankees fan at WFAN. And uh, with Sweeney and I being WFAN guys that represent the Yanks, C-Mac was the first choice. So thank you for making the time. Oh, no. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Especially now. I'm glad it wasn't a couple weeks ago. I'm glad you decided to bring me on when things are feeling a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Two, three weeks ago, this would not have been a fun podcast. It's always good to come in when things are good (laughs) and and the vibes are good. Um, How long have you been at WFAN? I guess if someone's listening that doesn't know who you are, uh, give some background about how long you've been at WFAN and uh, what you do there. Yeah, I I started my internship in January of 07. Uh, and then I got hired full time uh, with nights with Steve Summers that December. So I've been there for a long time now. We're going on 15 years. So I've worked uh, with every show you can work with. I worked with Steve at nights for a long time. Then obviously I worked with Francesa uh, for many years uh, and now obviously with Carton and Roberts. So uh, I'm associate producer of the Carton and Roberts show, but I actually obviously also host. I have my own show on um, Saturday mornings now. I used to do uh, Saturday nights, but I moved to Saturday mornings, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, the Bridge Show, whenever they allow me to do that. So they let me uh, talk whenever I can. And uh, But I've been working with Afternoon Drive now, especially since like 2012. So that's my uh, WFN resume. Been there a long time, seen it all. Yeah, C-Mac is a guy that has been in the building for a long time. I yeah. haven't been in the building that long, but uh, it's good to be a part of the family, a part of the fraternity at WFAN. And it's good to have more Yankee fans on yes. the fans. So it's 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 there's been an uptick. It, for a long time there wasn't a lot. It was like Francesa, and that was it. So it's uh, it's been a good uptick over the last couple of years. Glad yeah, to have ho- you. Hopefully we keep going in that direction. And uh, I think tonight I'll be on at six thirty to do the bridge show, but then C Mac will come on right after the game. So yep. if you're listening to this podcast today, Friday, and you want more Yankees talk after the first game of this Milwaukee series you can catch C-Mac on WFAN right after the post game I'm guessing CeeLo will be pinch hitting for Sweeney Murdy on the post game I'm not exactly sure about that but usually yeah. C- uh, CeeLo fills in so you go yeah. CeeLo to C-Mac there you go another longtime WFAN Yankee guy CeeLo all right let's get into this I don't want to hold you up I know we both got some things to do uh Friday vibes uh, Yankee land. I think all Yankee fans feel a lot better than they have these last couple months. Uh, the Yankees are coming off a two game sweep of the rival Red Sox in Boston. And first off, Chris, Boston sucks. I know it's something that <laughs> Yankee fans say, but when you're watching yeah. the game and you're seeing these guys have throwing errors and oh, uh, pop ups and um, 
JD Martinez doesn't step on first base. <laughs> right. They're just bad. Tell me your no, thoughts about yeah. the Boston Red Sox right now. Yeah, no, they've had a miserable season. And if you remember, this goes back even uh, before the All-Star break, they had that series or whenever when Arroyo lost the ball in right field and it went behind him. I mean, they've been playing sloppy baseball all year. They've had a terrible season coming off a surprise year where they got to the ALCS. Been brutal for them. But, hey, the Yankees have struggled against everyone over the last month. So I, I take no qualms with uh, with allowing the Red Sox to throw the ball around and, and give the Yankees an advantage. But, yeah, they went in on the road to a bad team, to an inferior team, to a team they should beat, and they handled them. You know, the first game was close. It took some judge heroics like it has all year for the Yankees. But um, took care of business in two games against the Red Sox, solidified themselves while the other two teams chasing the Yankees uh, were battling against each other. So it was a good it was a good two days for the New York Yankees. Yeah, I'll take it. And, you know, you mentioned uh, the Blue Jays and the Rays and they beat each other up, weren't able to gain any ground on the Yankees. So that also plays into why I say the vibes are good. Uh, that six and a half game lead is shiny mm-hmm. now, right? When we were when we were collapsing, when everyone yeah. was using the collapsing word, uh, getting down to six six and a half games from fifteen and a half was yeah. scary. Now with um, less than twenty games to go, that six and a half game lead feels a little bit oh. stronger. Oh, when it got down to two in the loss column after the first game against Tampa Bay, it's up to seven now. So, I mean, that's it's a totally different world. They knocked off days off the clock and they picked up five games. So, I mean, it's a completely different world than where we were that Friday night. I was in the building that night uh, when, you know, Hicks dropped the ball in left field. I mean, that was a miserable feeling leaving that ballpark. They were two, they were next two games away from being tied and losing the tiebreaker to Tampa Bay. And since that moment, it's completely changed. I'm hoping that was really rock bottom when he dropped that ball and let it kick around in the, in the, the corner there and cost them two runs. So it's been completely different since then. The vibe is completely different. Now it's just a matter of making sure they continue to play good baseball. The wins and losses don't even mean as much. I mean, you want to keep winning, but you want to see good, crisp baseball the rest of the way and have this thing, have guys start to come back. And you're in the mode right now where just play clean, stay healthy, and let's get ready for this postseason. Yeah, I'm with you. I was in the building Friday, too, for Jeter's night, and I'm yep. a big believer in uh, there being ghosts in Yankee Stadium, or at least in that area, maybe the old stadium to the new stadium. But, uh, you know, the Yankees won five in a row after Paul O'Neill Day and Aaron right. Boone banging the table, and then you get Jeter in the building, Jeter night, a packed house, and like you said, it felt like rock bottom. I was oh. so dejected watching that game after Hicks uh, dropped that ball and gave up those runs, you know. They, they might have needed to hit rock bottom there, and then mm-hmm. they bounced back, and, and here we are. So let's yep. go back to the Red Sox series. First, I yeah. want to talk to you about Garrett Cole. So mm-hmm. in this series, we got to see Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez, and uh, the narrative around Garrett Cole is that he can't pitch in Fenway, mm-hmm. and we've seen him struggle there. No um, doubt. What are your thoughts on Garrett Cole as we get closer to October? He's obviously the ace of the staff. He's mm-hmm. got the most experience, the most postseason experience, and he's mm-hmm. paid the most money to be the guy. No, no doubt. He's the guy. He's the game one starter. We can talk about how good Nestor's been, and he has been, but Cole's the game one guy. Uh, thankfully, listen, you can't argue it. He's struggling Fenway. Thankfully, that's not going to be an issue uh, moving forward. This, you know, We're not going to have to play a one-game playoff in Fenway this year, uh, thankfully. But even in giving up the home runs, I thought he looked pretty good. This is where I get in trouble with a lot of Yankee fans, and I get called an apologist and whatever else. But you watch the game. He struck out 10 guys. He had dominant stuff. He left a couple of fastballs up, and he got beat by a pesky pole home run. It's not a good performance when you give up three home runs and you give the lead up uh, – you give the – the lead back twice after coming back and tying the game. That's not acceptable. I'm not saying it is, but you look at him. I feel like he's been a much better pitcher the last month. I feel like he's gotten back to his dominant ways. He's starting to use the fastball a lot more and it's becoming a, a you know, a, a, a stalwart pitch for him. He's, he's leaving some of the other stuff alone. He's kind of gone away from the cutter. He stayed with the four seamer and he's getting a ton of strikeouts. And for the most part, he's been dominant. Now I can't explain the home runs in Fenway, but He's been a good postseason pitcher for the Yankees. I mean, that his career has been a good postseason pitcher. And for the Yankees, we forget the most recent one was that terrible one at Fenway. But 2020, he beats Cleveland. He uh, beats Tampa Bay. He comes back on short rest and gives them six innings of one-run baseball in game five. I mean, yes, that's before the spider tack stuff and the sticky stuff. But he's been a good postseason pitcher for his career. And he's been a good postseason pitcher for the Yankees. And I have confidence in him. I mean, he has those innings where – 
he can he he has trouble limiting the damage, which is something you don't like out of aces. It's probably one of the check marks you want from your ace, someone who can battle through and not you know give up f- three, four, five runs in that inning and limit it to one or two. But and he struggles with that. But I'm feeling about as good as about Cole as I have. Uh, in a Yankee uniform, and we're going to go forward with him. Like you said, the money, who he is, he's the guy. And if he's not going to be the guy, the Yankees aren't going to win. It's that simple. Yeah, I think for a lot of this season, folks have been saying the Yankees will go as far as Garrett Cole goes, right? Yeah. He's got to perform. I'm I'm well-documented as not being a Garrett Cole guy. I didn't mm-hmm. buy any 45 jerseys or right. player tees. I don't have a poster of Garrett Cole up on my wall in here. I just – I look at Garrett Cole as a guy that I feel like, you know – uh, the Yankees didn't do their due diligence on enough. Uh, they overpaid for him. They they had a need, and they gave him this monster contract. And uh, he's too fifty fifty. It's it's too uh, you know. It's I'm not certain when he's on the mound. For yeah. an ace, I feel like I should be sure that he's going to go out there and shut it down. Now, uh, what I will say is, you know, he's the strikeout king, mm-hmm. and he has been using his fastball, and he has to go at guys. He has to attack guys, and sometimes. When you use your fastball, when you go at guys, these are professional hitters. They can get yeah. the best of you. Um, the solo shots didn't kill us. The solo shots we were able to overcome. Um, but I put out there uh, a narrative that I wanted to start, and I know it's not going to happen. But Nestor Cortez, I love the guy. Uh, yeah. I love everything about him. I love that he competes. Uh, I love his little leg kick, His, yeah. uh, you know, just his way of attacking. And no he pitched in the second game. And he had an inning where he only threw six pitches. And there's been a short leash on Nestor. But I put out there, that's my game one starter. I know it's not going to happen. There's no no way they go to Nestor Cortez with no postseason experience in game one. It's Garrett Cole. It's Garrett Cole. It's Garrett Cole. But let's talk about Nestor Cortez. What did you see from Nestor? Uh, What are you thinking about Nestor now in his second start back from the I.L.? Yeah, I mean, they're easing him in, uh, no doubt. There's, there, there's a pitch limit and innings limit on him. You can tell that that's how they're starting these games. But he's been great. Like you said, he battles and he knows when to take a little off. He knows when to try and fool hitters. You know, what he did to Devers, that 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 pitch was hilarious. And it, and it, it worked. Like, that's the thing. It's one thing to call it a gimmick. It's another when you see the swing Devers took. Like, it worked. So he battles. Um, I totally agree with you. But here's what I'll say to you. No, I don't think the Yankees are going to start him uh, to, for game one. But game two is pretty darn important. And if you lose game one because Cole shows up, uh, the, the Cole that you call 50-50, if the, if the bad coin uh, of that 50-50 flip shows up, then you've got a, a, a guy in Nestor who you feel good about. You feel uh, a guy who's going to give you innings. I think they're limited in now so they can push him later on. Uh, someone who could save the bullpen and just a guy who's going to battle. Uh, I love watching him pitch too. Uh, it's a different vibe. It's a completely different vibe. Cole's out there and you expect domination. When Cortez is out there, you expect soft contact and a way to, you know, battle through. He's a ton of fun to watch. He keeps hitters off balance. I mean, you got to love the guy. I agree. But he's not, he's not the dominant guy. Like if you said to me, one of the the Yankees are going to go out and throw eight shutout innings. I would still tell you Cole's going to be that guy. I'd be nice. surprised if that's Nestor Cortez. I, as much as he's been capable of doing that and has done that on occasion, if there's going to be a guy who's going to shut down a lineup, it's going to be Garrett Cole. So you got to go him game one, in my opinion. I hear what you're saying, but that's where I would go. But Cortez has been a revelation and somebody I feel I don't care if it's Verlander. I don't care you know, who's throwing against them. I feel confident the Yankees have a, a very good chance to win that game. Yeah, Nestor competes. Uh, I think I saw Brendan Cuddy put out a um, prediction for the postseason roster, mm-hmm. and I think he lined up Cole, Cortez, and then Frankie Montas. Yeah. We'll see how it shakes out. <laughs> we we well, don't really know. No, we don't. And Severino threw, I guess, a couple innings last night uh, in a rehab assignment. Looked pretty good. I think gave up one run, struck out a couple hitters, threw, uh, hit 98 a couple times. I think, I think if he's healthy – and he shows he's back, uh, and he's able to get a couple starts in and work him his way up, I think you could see uh, him as the number three starter. I, I really think the Yankees have banked on this. It's a dangerous thing to bank on, uh, someone who's thrown 19 innings over the last three years or whatever it's been. So it's hard to assume it, but if he comes back and is healthy, he he's shown this year that he can still be that guy. Uh, I would be very surprised if he's healthy and ready to go if he's not the game three starter. I think the Yankees have had that in their mind. I think that's part of the – 
the the Bader trade that we all hated and can't stand why they shipped to Montgomery. I think he's always in the back of their mind as they think when he's healthy, they have another ace on this team. Yeah, Seve getting back is is crucial. We'll definitely yeah. talk about that in a couple minutes. Uh, closing on the Red Sox series um, with Garrett Cole, right? The the solo shots he gave up. Uh, the reason the Yankees were able to overcome those home runs was because Aaron Judge added two home runs in that game, getting to 57. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he talked to Susan Wallman at the end of the game and he said, I'm not out here trying to hit home runs. He's no. taking what they're giving him, but they're turning into home runs because of his power, because of his swing and because of his approach. Let's talk a little bit about Aaron Judge. We don't have to have the Shohei Otani MVP debate. Yeah, that's but, uh, right. I'm always pumping up Aaron Judge. I've always got more compliments for 9 9. Yeah. The guy is ridiculous. No, he's he's the best base, you know, he's the best baseball player in the world right now. And early on would really change this season for me. Look, you we could talk everyone knows that he's hitting 57 home runs. It's 20 more than anybody else. It's insane. In a year where all the home run numbers, all the slugging numbers, all, like all the practically all the RBI numbers are down. This guy is having the best year of his career. It's crazy. But what's changed it for me is playing center field. I mean, you want to talk about value. This guy has gone out there when they still when the Yankees in this offseason still allowed Hicks to be the starting center fielder for this team, which I screamed about and couldn't stand because I needed an option. I needed an option, a legitimate option to play center field because we could all see that this could be the kind of hick season we have again. And he stepped up and has played a brilliant center field. Uh, so his ability to take over a prominent role defensively and be great at it to help balance this team out and give options at the corner outfield positions. Oh, and by the way, hit 57 home runs, be the best hitter in the league late and close and just carry this team on his back. It's been incredible to watch. I mean, they make... You make a mistake, he hits it out. It's it's unbelievable. And you know, I, I respect Alex Cora in where he where the Red Sox are in this season. I, why not pitch to him? You know, I, I I you hear a lot of calls, oh, you can't pitch to him. Why aren't they pitching to him? They're out of it. Go attack Aaron Judge. Let me see pitchers go out and get the best hitter in the world out. Uh I, so I respect Alex Cora for that. And I thought that was a great job by him not to try to pitch around him, but you can't. I mean, it's going to be different when these games start to really matter and they get into the postseason. Guys are going to have to be able to hit behind them because they're not going to pitch to him. You can't throw anything over the plate. He hits in. He hits inside fastballs. He hits breaking balls away. He hits balls up and he lays off pitches outside the zone. He's worked his way up into being in the triple crown conversation. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy what he's doing right now. And it's incredible to watch. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Judge is uh, the MVP. We know oh. he's he's doing ridiculous things. Ridiculous things. Um, I I think it was John Morosi who put out a stat about what he's doing as a center fielder, and I'm glad you mentioned what yeah. he's done playing center field. Um, our producer Ryan just put in the chat. He said nobody has out homered the next highest home run hitter yeah. in the season yeah. by 20 homers since Babe Ruth in 1928. Babe's yeah. the only one to ever do it. So just add that to the resume. I don't know why they're still asking the question, who's the AL MVP? No. Uh, we'll just keep finding more things. And- well, because unfortunately, the other guy in the conversation has is doing things that nobody's done since Babe Ruth, too. I mean, that's 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 the thing. Right. But I, I, you know, listen, there's no doubt in my mind who the MVP is. But that that's insane. And it's particularly insane in the year. I mean, we've talked about it on the show. Evan said it a couple times. Uh, you know, when Pete Alonso hit 52 home runs or and broke the rookie record, I mean, there were four or five other guys who had 48 to 50 home runs. I mean, that was the live ball era. You know, Glaber Torres had 38 home runs in 2019. I mean, it was a different world. And for him to be hitting 57 and going for, you know, six on pace for 63 to 65 home runs in a year when no one else is hitting them, it's remarkable. He's so far and away the best player in the league right now. It's crazy. It's crazy. You're listening to BXB Bronx Baseball Podcast, hosted by Sweeney Murdy, but pinch hitting for Sweeney Murdy, C-Mac, Chris McMonigle, with myself, Keith McPherson, the app, or the podcast is presented by the Odyssey app, and uh, make sure you subscribe and download and all that good stuff. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Moving on from uh, one errand to another 
Uh, Aaron Hicks. I'm sorry. I got to put it out there. Uh, when I saw Aaron Hicks in the lineup, the second game, I'm like, I can't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what the rhyme or reason is for this. I can't watch this guy anymore, but the Yankees also were able to overcome him. He had a bad throw, but uh, what is it, Chris? I said, I'm like, maybe it's just an Aaron thing. Aaron stick together. Aaron Boone, you know, fans would never put Aaron Hicks in the lineup, but Aaron Mm -hmm. Boone uh, will keep putting Aaron Hicks in the lineup because he's his friend. You know, I guess these Aaron's have a connection. Uh, There's not too many guys with uh, the first letter being the second letter in their name. Yeah. I don't know. I have no other rhyme or reason why Aaron Hicks keeps getting chances over mm. Miguel Andujar, Esteban yeah. Floreal, and even Tim LaCastro. Yeah, it's hard to explain. Especially, I thought it was, I thought it was done after that night, that Friday night. You, we were both there. I said he couldn't play the rest of the Tampa series without question. And I, there's just something they don't bury these guys. They won't bury him. I don't know why. But here's the thing: Bader is coming. He's just had his rehab assignment. He's hitting balls all over the place. He's had a great couple of days. I don't know what that means other than at least he's got a swing and he's looking somewhat healthy. I don't expect him to come up and do that immediately. But if he comes up and Hicks is not relegated to either off this team or on the bench, I'll have no explanation whatsoever. That has to be the end of of, of the Aaron. It has to be. I don't understand how Hicks would still play after they traded Montgomery for a center fielder who comes up and is hitting and healthy. They brought him here. They traded a legitimate third starter on a playoff team to pick this guy up. If Hicks is still playing, it's it's hard to fathom. I don't know why he's playing now. And I feel for him. I really do. He's had injuries. Uh, the crowd is getting on him. I always feel bad for the guys the crowd gets on, and they have every right to get on him. Uh, but I felt bad for Gallo. I feel bad for Hicks. It's tough to watch, but he's kicking balls around in the outfield. He, he can't hit whatsoever. I mean, they threw a party. They threw a party the other night that he walked in front of uh, <laughs> in, in bases loaded. If you're watching on the broadcast, they were so pleased that he pinch hit and got a walk and talked about that at bat like it was – you know, one of the great at bats we've ever seen because you don't expect anything but an out from the guy. So I I agree with you. I can't explain it. Uh, I was furious. They went into the season with him still, still being the unquestioned really when healthy starting center fielder, although that changed quickly. Uh, It's just, it's mind boggling to me, but if Bader doesn't end it, then I'll really have no uh, other. I'll just be, I I won't know what to do. I really won't know what to do. If Bader doesn't come up here and end the Aaron Hicks era, it just, that's gotta be the end of it. Yeah, these uh, A.A. Rons sticking together. When yeah, Boone, it's, when Boone took out Trevino to yeah, put Hicks in, I think yeah. collectively everyone on Yankees yes. Twitter was like, what the hell is happening? What is going on? Because he's left-handed, the the pitcher's killer. They'll give you all the stuff. They'll give you the, the well, you know, he's much better. And he, worked. he worked a walk. Oh, yeah, he worked, worked a walk in extra innings that set up a double play, which is exactly what happened. But, uh, you know, I was looking for someone to put the ball in play there, not walk. But – it is what it is. Uh, but you're right. We're all done with them for very good reason. And hopefully the Yankees are now just a few days away from being done with them as well. Yeah. So this team right now, I feel like, is getting right and getting healthy. Uh, I just mentioned Trevino coming back uh, from paternity list. Yeah. Struggled a bit, but, you know, he got a, a important knock and an RBI in the second game against Boston. Uh, we've already been speaking about Harrison Bader. Yeah. The hype around Harrison Bader right now. In the last two games that he played in Summer Somerset um, or for Somerset, mm-hmm. he had a, he hit a bomb to left field. Uh, from what I saw last night, he had three hits. He started yeah. off going two for two with doubles. Everybody now is retweeting these clips of Harrison Bader. We can't wait to see him. Um, Severino is supposed to be back. We already talked about Sevy, what he can be. We yep. all know that Sevy did not want to go on that 60-day IL, but it was strategic. The Yankees yep. had a plan, and now – He'll be back Wednesday uh, for the next homestand. Um, how are you feeling about the Yankees just getting healthy at the right oh, time? Yeah. Um, and you mentioned earlier in the show, not there. Rizzo, hopefully uh, at some point in the next couple of days, whether it's Sunday or to start the series at home. Um, I'm feeling, you know, it's, you're feeling a whole lot better. I mean, you're just feeling much better. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the the way they've played and, and, and Glaber Torres really making me feel a lot better about this team. But, yeah, you're right. The guys are coming back. We all know what Seve can be. Um, you know, much like when Stanton came back, you don't expect it right away. You know it's going to take some swings. I don't expect, you know, Bader to come in here and hit the way he's hit in Somerset. But you just want to get the guys back. He looks like he's running. He looks like he's healthy. Severino hit 98 miles an hour several times in his start. He looks healthy. He looks like he can come back. Uh, but really, 
I mean, it's the guys who are there playing better, uh, making me feel like Stanton's come around a little bit. Glaber's completely turned it on. That's making me feel better. You're hoping Rizzo can come back. Who knows about LeMahieu? But the vibe around this team over the last four wins is completely different. You know they're getting healthy, and you know the team that we saw the last three weeks uh, prior to this is not going to be the team we see moving forward. So it, it's a it's a completely different vibe. You need these guys to come back. These two weeks are critical to kind of get their swings, get their footing, and get ready for a big postseason series. But we'll see. I mean, but yeah, I feel a lot better as they start to really get healthy. But there's still some guys missing. There's still some guys that, you know, we don't know what is going on. Like, is LeMayhew's toe an issue where days off are even helping? Like, I, 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 I it, it sounds like his toe is an issue that's not going to get better. It sounds like pain management, and they're just giving him time off his feet. So I don't even know about what, what's going on with him. Is is Can we expect Carpenter? Uh, Britain's another guy that's out there that you're hearing could come back, might not come back. I mean, it would be early coming off Tommy John, but he's someone who would, who would help greatly if he's himself at the back end of the bullpen. So there's some guys who we don't even know are coming back who could possibly help this team. So they have reinforcements coming. Uh, it's just a matter of when they get here and how quick they can get into midseason form. Yeah, no updates really on Benintendi either. Yep. Um, I mean, and we know it's going to take a while for him to to heal from that. But, you know, you know who is coming back? Bum, bum, bum. Aroldis Chapman. Right. Now, I'll say this before I let you speak on Chapman. Yeah. The bullpen was good. The bullpen was solid in, in Boston. And we got to see Licky, Trevino, uh, Loisega, Holmes twice. In both games, we saw Loisega and Holmes. Yep. Um. For me, a role this Chapman, the door has to be closed on as far as him being the closer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we even flirt with that. And uh, I also think he misses the postseason roster potentially. He's just been so bad for so long. I think they will bring him back and try and find some innings for him to, to fit in and, and pitch where it won't cost the team. But for me, this is the end of the road for Aroldis Chapman. This is his last year, last season. Yep. I don't expect them even to give him the chance to hurt the team in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yankees fans have way too much PTSD from this guy. Yeah. Uh, what are you thinking about the bullpen and Aroldis Chapman? Yeah, um, you mentioned Holmes and Loisaga. Uh, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's anyone cracking those two. I know Loisaga was a little shaky his last outing, but he's been great for a month. Uh, and if Holmes continues to pitch like this, he's come back from the injury and looked much better, uh, giving up a few hits here and there, but he wasn't walking the world, which was his problem when he was really going through it. He couldn't throw strikes. He seems to have fixed that problem. He's got good sync. Those two guys, I, I completely agree with you. That's the eighth and ninth. I don't think I mentioned Britain, even Britain coming back and looking great. No one's cracking those top two for me. If things are, are going the way they continue to go. Um, Chapman is an interesting case. Uh, I agree with you. He can He's no longer in the closer conversation, but I just have a hard time believing they are going to uh, completely bury without giving him another opportunity. If he gets healthy in time, uh, someone who throws a hundred miles an hour and gets paid $17 million. Uh, I just don't know if they're going to give up on that arm to keep some of these up, to keep a, a Weber on the roster, to keep a, a, a different like, couple guys like that. Clark, um, Schmidt, Clark Schmidt, Clark Schmidt. No, Clark Schmidt, no doubt, no doubt. And I'm not saying they're going to throw him right into pressure situations, but hopefully with a seven-game lead here, th- some of these last few games in this last week might not be that important. And I think you're going to see them give a fair shake and a legitimate chance to, to Chapman to see what he can be. Uh, and I, I just I find it hard to believe they're going to bury him. Maybe in a five-game series, uh, where they think they might not need as many bullpen guys, but in a seven-game series, if they make it uh, that far, I would be surprised if Chapman's not on the postseason roster. It, it's just a matter of how healthy and what he is. I mean, if he comes back and in three outings walks ten guys, then yeah, then he's gone. But if he can come back and show even somewhat of a, a semblance of himself, uh, then I think he'll be in the mix. But that's not as important to me now. I think he's a, he's sort of on the afterburner. Uh, to me, it is without question Loisaga and Holmes. If those two guys can be as solid as they've been, they got Peralta, they got Clark Schmidt, like you said. Uh, you know, they've got a couple of different guys who I think can fill out the six seven, the five six seven on a given night. But if eight and nine are Loisaga and Holmes, I think the Yankee bullpen is so much better than where it was last month that it's not even worth talking about. I feel so much better about it if those two guys are anchored in at those positions. Yeah, I'm so glad that they went to the I.L. when they did, right? It seems like, you know, through this stretch of losing and struggling, Mm -hmm. 
now is the time that Yankees fans were crossing their fingers and hoping and dreaming for, right? Uh, Loisaga and, and Holmes kind of went on the aisle at the same time, figured yeah. out their issues, came back, and they've looked good. And now with Chapman coming back, I say this a lot on WFAN and now on this podcast, the Yankees die hard on their own trades yeah. their own contracts. 100%. Guys, guys like Aaron Hicks, perfect example. A guy they traded for, a yeah. guy that they decided to pay for seven years. They're dying hard on that. They're yep. going to keep running them out there. Whether you and I want to see them out there or not, they're going to get some type of value out of a guy that they traded for and that they gave a contract. Same 100%. with Chapman. We're yep. going to see Chapman um, pitch some innings here down the stretch, maybe no to give some other guys a rest and to figure out what he actually can do. A left-handed mm-hmm. pitcher coming out of the bullpen late, throwing yeah. 98-99. Yeah. I, I understand that value. But I'll say this. This is a question for you. If it's between Clark Schmidt and Aroldis mm-hmm. Chapman to be on the postseason roster, yeah. you got to – I got to say, Clark Schmidt in that Red Sox series, yeah. I think he struck out the side. Mm-hmm. He had some nasty stuff. He's throwing that slider with confidence. Yep. I think he struck out Bogarts, Devers. I forget. Yep. But like he looked good. So if it's, no doubt. if it's Clark Schmidt versus Aroldis Chapman for the for the postseason roster, I gotta go with my boy Clark. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I I don't know if that'll be the choice uh, necessarily. I think Clark Schmidt continues to pitch like this. He's a little bit safer than being the guy on the bubble. There's maybe some other guys, but yeah, um, I agree with you. Clark Schmidt's been better, and I and I but and that's part of the reason I gave you. I mean, he throws ninety nine, and he's given. He, they paid him seventeen million dollars this year, and he's been a prime time closer. You know, for the Yankees, we all think of him as giving up walk off home runs and big home runs to Brousseau and 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 Altuve. But I mean, this is a guy who still throws ninety nine and is an uncomfortable at bat when he throws strikes. That's all he has to do. All he has to do is throw strikes, and he's and he's going to be a difficult uh, proposition for the other team. Uh, so I just I don't see them giving up on him for every reason you said, as well as his ability when it's going good. Uh, but I, I agree. At this point, until you see it, you can't trust it. So we'll have to see him come back. But I agree with you. Clark Schmidt has, has proven his worth on this team. I, I completely agree. I'd be surprised if he's not in the bullpen for the postseason roster. Yeah, and uh, as far as um, the postseason roster goes, mm-hmm. I really don't think that they have interest in Zach Britton coming back and joining that. I mean, he's yeah. rehabbing. And last but not least, Scott Efres, they said he's expected to throw a bullpen session yeah. either today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They do expect him. You know, they traded for him, and he's yeah. got nasty stuff. Yeah. They do expect him to come back and be yeah. in, on that postseason roster. No, okay. they yeah, they do. They do. I, I think the bullpen's in a lot, uh, a, a lot better position than it was when it seemed like it was in shambles a month ago. I, it's, I think it's, I think it's really solidified. I think the rotation's fine too. It's, it's going to come down to what it's come down to in almost every postseason that they have lost in our lifetime, practically hitting. They're either going to score runs or they're going to lose. I think the pitching is fine. Is it good enough to say? Come on my back. Uh, we're going to pitch it to one nothing, you know, World Series game seven. No, it's not that good, but it's good enough to win if they can score runs and be the offensive team they were in the first half. I, I, I feel much better about the pitching uh, over the last month. I'm scared. Here comes another October <laughs> Bronx baseball, oh, Bronx postseason baseball. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm scared. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, how can you not be? They've been, you know, I know they're eight and two over the last 10 and we're feeling better and they've built up the lead. But I mean, they got the Astros in front of them. They can't they can never beat. And, you know, they have not come up big. In this this team of this core group of guys uh, have not come up clutch in the postseason. That's just the way it is. I mean, everyone likes to talk about the construction of the team and they're built too much on hitting the home run and home runs disappear in the postseason. It's nonsense. They don't disappear in the postseason. Solaire won the MVP last year, hitting home runs left and right for Atlanta. You win games hitting home runs. This Yankee team that lives and dies by the home runs have died by it in the postseason because they haven't hit them. That's totally true. But it's not because the team is built for too many home runs. It's because this core group of guys, including Judge, let's be fair, he's hit a couple of postseason home runs and wild card games in particular, but he hasn't come through in the big spot, you know, necessarily, uh, you know, a lot. It's really been Stanton. And nobody else. Gleyber Torres hasn't done anything. You know, the Luke Voits of the world, you know, striking out with big, big opportunities when he leads the world in home runs that short season. I mean, this Yankee team is going to have to hit. They're going to have to score runs. And yes, they're going to have to hit home runs. And that's just the way it is. And but so when your team is like that and you've seen over the last handful of years, these particular guys not come through. It's scary. 
And everyone's like, oh, who would you rather face? You got this, uh, the Cleveland and Seattle, or would you rather face Toronto and, you know, I'm, I'm, it's whoever. However, they're good enough. They're good enough to beat anyone and they're bad enough to lose to anybody. That's just, that's just the way it is. Once again, you're listening to BXB Bronx Baseball podcast hosted by myself and Sweeney Murdy. Pinch hitting for Sweeney Murdy today is C-Mac, Chris McMonigle from WFAN. Make sure you subscribe to the pod. Tell a friend to tell a friend. You can find this podcast on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, wrapping this thing up, let's take a look uh, forward into the weekend at this Milwaukee series. Uh, two things that I got to say, you know, well, it's it's Frankie Montas game one, mm-hmm. Jameson Tyone game two, Garrett Cole game three. And for me, I'm just glad that they will dodge Corbin Burns. Yep. I'm not sleeping on the brew crew at all. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are fighting for a wild card spot. They're two games out. They're trying to win every single game down the stretch here. Um, we expect Rizzo back and, uh, you know, Chapman back. I wish they would send Bader, but they're not going to. I think the Yankees have enough to go in there and take two out of three. What are your thoughts about this interleague matchup yeah. um, and NL Central team that we don't usually face? No. Yeah. Uh, listen, they need the games. Like you said, they've had a disappointing season. Uh, most you know people thought they'd have a much better year and and, and be much more in contention with St. Louis. But um they're going to fight. They're going to give you every game. And, and and for me, it's just continuing to play well and continuing to see guys perform. I want to see guys, uh, you know, round into shape. I want to see this pitching staff continue to pitch well. You want to see Montas step up and throw a good game. Like you said, he right now he's potentially the third starter. He needs to step up and throw a good game against this lineup. Uh, you want to see Tyone continue to prove himself. And then the lineup. And to me, it's Glaber Torres. I need to see the Glaber we have seen over the last handful of games the rest of the year. Otherwise, I won't trust it. It's been too much up and down. And when he's I think you could direct this whole turnaround into the way he's played. And you can even look back at the regular seasons. I mean, let's be honest, 18 and 19, Glaber was a great player. And they scored a ton of runs and they won a ton of games. And they weren't this team that we hate and constantly get furious with and watch leave runners at third base stranded and and have these ugly performances. I mean, it's DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres, these two guys, when they're going well, the Yankees play different. And he's a, he's like – He's a catalyst on the base paths for all the stupid plays he makes when he's going poorly. When he's going well, he makes these great – he's a stolen base on a catcher delay. I haven't seen that – you know, I mean, that's Little League stuff. He got the Little League home run and then stole on a catcher delay. I mean, he's 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 so important to this team. So I want to see the guys that have come around here. I want to see – continue to play well. I want to see Rizzo get into shape here, whether he's going to play in the series or not. I guess there's a chance he plays Sunday. But would you fly him to Milwaukee for one game, like with, dealing with headaches and a back? I, I don't know. Maybe they do. Uh, uh, maybe they don't. But I want to see guys stay healthy. I want to see guys continue to play well. And you can rack up the wins if those things happen. So I think it's just more of now readying this team. I'm kind of already there. I, I hate – I don't want to jump the shark. I'm not saying the division's over, but it's a seven-game lead. Um, I'm looking more at how they're playing the game than I am at the wins and losses. So let's just hope – hopefully Holmes and, and Loisa continue to pitch well. They still play with a sense of urgency as they're building up to the postseason. So um, this is just one series uh, on the next 20 or so days leading up into a postseason for me. You read my mind, literally in my notes. I was, I, I have starred Glaber Torres, and mm-hmm. I wanted to love on Glaber Torres in this closing segment because this kid has been balling out. He Man. has been hitting home runs. He's been going the other way. His approach has changed. He's running the bases heads up. He's been solid, and it is wild how different the Yankees look when Glaber Torres is playing like an all star. Yep. Right? That's the whole reason you don't trade Glaber Torres because you know he has it in him. But when we're not getting it, when we're getting that, you know, 183 batting average, we're getting that Glaber that's chasing pitches and striking out, the Glaber that's not locked in, not hustling, uh, making throwing errors or just like looking like he doesn't want to be out there. And then you get puppy dog Glaber. It hurts the team. This whole team changes when he's playing well. They love Glaber. I think he's a young personality on this team that people look at and they they know he's already been thrusted into the superstar spotlight, right? The Yankees tried to make him the shortstop last year, but yeah. like he has rare talent and it's just a matter of him being locked in focused and the Yankees getting that out of him. And I'll say this about this series too. 
it's now a test, right? Uh, I felt like it was a test when they were facing the Rays because the Rays are a postseason team. I looked at the Red Sox as a team that we should sweep, and we did. Right. Now you are going on the road to unfamiliar territory against a team that is fighting for their lives, fighting yep. for their season. You got to play up. You got to be locked in on every pitch. And it's good competition and a good measuring stick for where these Yankees are as they're getting healthy, as they're going mm-hmm. into October. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I want to continue to see the urgency. And I want to continue to see this is the time the, the, the Yankees are notorious. We can't stand it sometimes. They're notorious for coasting with a lead. They're notorious for giving guys days off. They're notorious for saying, you know, we're the Yankees, we'll be fine. I want to see this. This is now the time to keep the foot on the pedal all the way through. This is, is if I'm the Yankees and I'm Aaron Boone, this is postseason time. We're already here. Let's continue to keep our foot on the gas pedal. I'm not saying don't give guys days off, especially the last couple games of the year if they have a division locked up. But I want to see the sense of urgency. I want to see Glaber play the way. I still want to see the bases stolen. I still want to see them run aggressively on the base path. I want to see them do different things. Uh, I want to see them go to Holmes and Loisaga if they have, even if it's back to back days. Like let's see these guys push through this time period and play a decent team, a play team a team that kind of fell apart after they traded the hater their all-star closer even though he's been terrible in san diego it just felt like that was a real letdown for them and they've had they've struggled since but a team that you know is battling and need to need these games are going to fight you at home a ballpark you're not familiar with a team you're not familiar with a very good pitching staff you're not familiar with and just try and get locked in continue to play this way and hopefully stanton finds a swing and guys like that come back so it's a it's an interesting series but it's more about the Yankees than it is for the for Milwaukee for me. I just want to see them continue to play well. Yeah, you mentioned Stan. He's got to get going, or you yep. know, he got going, but he's got a little to get bit going. I want to see him and Judge hit home runs out of this ballpark. Miller Park has, yep. has like that nice backdrop. You want to see these guys hit home runs. You also mentioned stealing bases, and that's a good opportunity for me to endorse IKF. IKF has stolen twenty bases this year. Um, the last guys to do that were Jacoby Ellsbury and Brett Gardner. <laughs> And I think as much as much as people want to hate on IKF, yeah. as much as people were down on him as the Yankee shortstop, which I understand it's the Yankees being mm-hmm. the shortstop of the Yankees is like a pinnacle position in sports. We yep. just celebrated Derek Jeter, who arguably nobody did it better than him. Mm-hmm. IKF has been solid. Right. And in this time where the Yankees were struggling, IKF was part of turning that around. Mm-hmm. IKF was hitting home runs while the Yankees were struggling. Yeah. IKF was getting on base and IKF bumped over and played third base where some Yankees fans were like, Hey, get Josh Donaldson up out of here. But now True. Donaldson's been back. Yeah. And uh, you know, we haven't we, even we, mentioned his name, by the way. I mean, it's good. just, it's so, like, dis- it's so disappointing. It's because like, this guy shouldn't even be on the team. Like, yeah. I look at Josh Donaldson, like you, you do nothing for me, bro. Yeah. Um, the thing about Josh Donaldson also is like, he, he attracts too much negative attention for the production that he brings. Like you're, you're not the guy, bro. Judge is the guy. And, and, and you should mirror what he does. Right. Judge is humble. He doesn't even, he never judge most home runs. And he looks almost ashamed. He he looks down and just throws his bat down. Like, Oh, I did it again. Oh, that guy, Josh. Donaldson. He's pimping fly balls to center. Yeah, I know. And he's picking fights with he's he's telling you daring guys to throw him fastballs. That was really embarrassing. I'm talking that so was much embarrassing. Shit, bro. But here's here, you're getting the team in trouble. Here's what I'll say about you though. I, I agree with you with Judge and everything, but you know, I think part of the reason that that, st- that team got stale in the in the late 2000s and they felt they needed CC and Swisher is they had a lot of guys like that, yeah. like Judge, who just go about their business. I mean, I have no problem with the guy like Donaldson. I, it was it was almost talked about as a positive, but you're right. You can't give me this production and then that be that guy because it seems ridiculous. You can't be – if you're hitting 280 and you're slugging and, and your OPS is above 800 or, or something at least decent, then all right, you want to pick a fight. You want to be the little catalyst guy. You want to create a little atmosphere that's uh, that's a little you know, F you. That's fine. You can't be what Donaldson has done and go about doing it. So, I mean, I think he could have – if he was producing, I think we'd all love it. We love what he's doing, but we don't like it because it seems ridiculous because he's terrible. He's terrible. And he's daring. You won't throw me another fastball. Why? I can throw you anything. You suck. You got 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 some nerve. I threw you three. How many many more do you want? That was embarrassing. I couldn't believe he was doing that. But, uh, yeah, he's been been terrible. What can you tell? And, And the money they took on. 
Uh, I agree with you. Well, your the initial point was IKF. I don't think he's been as bad. What bothers people is when you get Boone coming out and saying he's one of the best defensive shortstops in the league. He's clearly not. <laughs> he's clearly not. Yeah. And then people get all riled up because all oh, the Yankees think so highly of this guy. He's not that good. He's not that good. But he is what we thought he would be. He puts the ball in play. He's hit over three hundred with runners in scoring position. He's. I, I don't. Some of the numbers will tell you he's one of the worst shortstops in the league. I don't know if he's that bad. He's certainly not one of the best. He's probably somewhere in the middle. I've seen him make great plays. I've seen him blow easy ones. Uh, he's He's been okay. He can't be the shortstop moving forward. This is it. And now he's blocking Peraza as well, which is another reason the fan base is going to get on him and everyone's going to hate him. But I think he's been okay. I think he's been okay. I don't think he's the reason why the Yankees had this big swoon uh, in, the, in, in late July and early August, or really all of August. Uh, I really don't think he's the reason, and I don't expect him to carry the team. He, he's just another, he's just another guy, and I think he's been he's been fairly good at, at that. I, I think he's been okay, but moving he is a band aid, and he can't be the long term answer, and he won't be. Yeah, he won't be, and I think Peraza being called up and all the fan excitement around Peraza yeah. put a little bit of a fire under IKF, and yeah. uh, that you know talking about Peraza also gives me an opportunity to shout out. Oswaldo Cabrera, the Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. This kid, they said, played four games in right field, and he's been a, a really helpful addition playing right field for the New York Yankees. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, whether it's robbing home runs, throwing guys out at second and at home, uh, making diving catches, he's been great in the outfield. I mean, that's really where he's made his impact, let's be honest. You know, he, uh, he had the walk-off hit uh, in the extra inning game, but for the most part, he really hasn't done anything with the bat, but he's been a catalyst playing the outfield and, and you know, being some some youth and exuberance, running the bases a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, no, his ability to play short, uh, you know, what he play, second, third, and then especially in right field, uh, it's been a nice thing. Uh, Peraza, you know, I think the Yankees treated Peraza more of like a, a September call-up. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't so much like, oh, we're calling up our big prospect to, to put him in and, and be the guy who saves right. us to take over. This is, you know, he's earned it. He's he, he's a better bench option than what we have. He's played more games than he's ever played in his life already. He's had a full triple A, you know, he's had a full triple A season. Um, I don't know if he's played the most games his whole life, but he's played the most games in triple A, should I say. Uh, he's had kind of a full triple A season. Let's call him up as a September call up. I mean, and, and, and you hear people, oh, they're ruining him. They're going to ruin him. Why? Because they they haven't played a September call up. No, I mean, that. That happens all the time. It's good to be. I mean, the, watch the Jeter documentary and see if it ruined Jeter being around the team in September. Now, mm -hmm. I, different circumstances, I understand. But it's just that's how the Yankees viewed it. And everyone expected it to be this, you know, the pros is the big name. This is why we didn't go out and get Carlos Correa. This is why we didn't go out and, you know, trade for this one. Or, like, we, we couldn't do this because we were waiting on Peraza and Volpe and Dominguez. Those are the three names that every Yankee fan knew. And so to call them up. And still watch him play behind IKF, who, the, who they can't stand, has just been infuriating for the fan base. But I really – I never expected him to just come up and be the guy. And uh, we'll see where he goes from here and what kind of impact he can make. He's available to be on the postseason roster. I don't know if he makes it with, with his playing time now. I can't imagine he will. But we'll, we'll, see what's, we'll see what's going on with him. But I think both Cabrera and Peraza have been you know decent additions. Yeah, and good for these young guys getting the experience. Yep. They will have the experience of seeing another ballpark. I saw a picture of them excited to be at Fenway, now yeah. they'll be at Miller Park. So in wrapping this up, I want to ask you a question, Chris. Yeah. Uh, last episode, Sweeney asked me, you know, what TV shows I'll be watching over the weekend. And I said, I don't watch TV or movies. Like, I watch live sports. The other mm -hmm. stuff can't keep my attention. Like, I literally can't watch a show that's fake or fictional. I will fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> so here's my question for you, right? Yeah, you're not watching Rings of Power with me on uh, Amazon? Big Lord of the Rings guy. So I got no, the, the no, I, know not Rings of Power. I know there's a new uh, there's Game of Thrones. Power. There's, yeah. there's right the House of Dragon. House of Dragon. Sure. I told Sweeney I've seen first two episodes of She Hulk. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't have the time for it. I don't have the time. For I hear you. I hear you. Here's a question to wrap up this episode. Mm -hmm. um, Miller Park is actually the last new ballpark that I've added to my list. I've been mm -hmm. to. 14 ballparks, I think 15 if I count the ballpark in London that they use for the London games. Sure. Um, but uh, I wanted to ask you how many ballparks you've been to, what's the last ballpark you've been to, uh, um, 
you know, if you can think of those quickly yeah. to uh, wrap up this episode. Yeah, un- unfortunately, I'm not anywhere near you. I've been bad at this. I haven't even been down to Baltimore. I, I got to do a much better job. Uh, I've been we to. Go. Uh, we should I know. Go. I, I, yards I, is awesome. Yeah, I know. Um, I've been to Fenway uh, a couple times, and most recently, very famous. And the wild card game is Evan was uh, rubbing it in my face. Oh, bad uh, for you. Yeah, everyone saw it. That, that was brutal. Um, uh, the most recent one was Dodger Stadium, which was a handful of years ago. I went uh, as part of my honeymoon. We went to uh, we were in Hawaii and we stopped in California for a little bit. And I went to uh, San Diego and Dodger Stadium. Both were beautiful parks. Uh, Dodger Stadium, we had great seats, like second level, right behind home plate. They actually played the Red Sox that night. So I was in full blown Dodger uh, fandom. And just, you know, a perfect view of uh, the ravine and, and just really beautiful. Loved, love, love my experience at Dodger Stadium. San Diego was really uh, great, too. But they were playing the Pirates and it wasn't as exciting. But uh, yeah, uh, that but that's really about it. And anywhere uh, too crazy. I've been to uh, Fenway and, and then those two. That's really it. I haven't traveled much. I got to get out more for these games. I had a trip canceled because of uh, something I was going to go to to. Uh, Chicago and see the Cubs at um, Wrigley. My mind Wrigley, uh, but that trip got canceled. But that's it. I gotta, I gotta pick up. But my wife loves going to the ballparks, and I think once the kids get older, I think that's kind of going to be an idea where maybe yeah. we kind of take a summer trip somewhere. I just drove to Disney, so I know I can drive places and not lose my mind. <laughs> so if you can drive to Disney with two kids in the back for twenty hours. Uh, then you can do just about anything. So uh, we'll figure out where we can go. Uh, but my favorite and most recent was Dodger Stadium. The theme park of ballparks. I've been to Dodger yeah. Stadium like eight or nine times. I yeah. love it there. And they just yeah. re- remodeled it for, uh, you know, the all-star game. And they made it even better. So, yeah, yeah Dodger Stadium. All right. Well, that's all we've got. I know you got to get into the city and, uh, you know, be on the mic and uh, behind the boards for Carton and Roberts. Chris, thank you yep. for taking the time and joining us of on course, the Of course, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Get Once better, again, Sweeney. Yeah, Sweeney, <laughs> Sweeney, come on. We need you, bro. I'm not gonna yeah. uh can't do this. Can't do this every week. <laughs> Actually, I'm not bad, but I but I prefer Sweeney. You know, Sweeney's got a, a great yes. delivery. He's so yeah. professional yes. and like calculated and organized. I'm not a, right. I'm more of like a free uh like I freestyle yeah. everything. But. You're a, what John calls you a fanalist, right? We're yeah, we're we're fanalists, yeah. Fan turn analyst, <laughs> more so fan than analyst. But, yeah. I got you. Well, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for uh, listening. This is BXB Bronx Baseball Podcast, Episode 5 with C-Mac, Chris McMonigle, filling in for Sweeney Murdy. My name's Keith McPherson. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, You can find the podcast on the Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with another episode Monday, I believe, after this weekend series out in Milwaukee.